you had a great post on, uh, I think it was Insta Stories, where you showed a clip <laughs> of somebody's backyard that had just a fucking ugly shed in it. Oh, yeah. Description was beautiful backyard oasis. Yeah. <laughs> it was just grass and an ugly shed. It was <laughs> You like my intro from last time? I don't remember what it was. Hello! That Welcome <laughs> to episode 84 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Hey, you're on the ball. We, I mean, you, usually we're like, is it 84? Is it 83? Is it 82? What did we do last week? Episode 84, because I've been getting a lot of uh, comments and questions uh, from episode 83, and people are now referring to the episode number of the podcast. So that makes it easy. And I posted something on Insta stories this morning asking if anybody had any questions. So I had to refer back to us filming this morning. By the way, we are your hosts. I'm Ariel Cremendi. He's Adrian Trot. We Welcome. are the co-owners of KT Realty and KT Property Management also known as the KT team or the Cormendi Trot team. We've got all of these. That's pseudo- a lot. Of- yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking uh, all things real estate. Talking all things real estate. Today in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit all over the place, but we've got bidding wars, multiple offers. We're going to talk Which a little bit about that. Is commonplace once again. And, and a lot of people always have questions about it. It's a hot topic, especially when it's, when it's hot in the market. And uh, you want to talk a little bit about marketing gimmicks and uh, just some some funny stuff you've seen. Yeah, and, it's a bit of a uh, rant. I, I'm just pissed off by things people are doing. And and I also want to talk a little bit about uh, the proper way to list a home and in truly highlighting features uh, that are within the home. I've got a great example of that that I want to chat about. So, so it's a, a pretty full uh, podcast today. Um, lots, of, lots of things happening in the marketplace right now. Things are like, we're in the now third week of June, and man, it is on fire. We haven't stopped. Uh, By the way, how it was? Why is it that we always seem to dress like? I mean, we're both wearing dark gray, or yours look maybe black t-shirts. Now mine looks no, a bit blue. I think it's just the lighting. Mine's mine's dark gray. Is it? Yeah, it's so weird. We did not plan this once again. I don't know. We have good taste. I suppose so. This is a new right. one I got. Let's right. um, let's jump into multiple offers. You wanted to talk about that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, a lot of homes already selling in multiples, right? There's low supply. There's high demand. Mortgage rates are low. Uh, people were in a holding pattern for two to three months during COVID. Now that things are opening back up and people are feeling more comfortable, there's a lot of PPE protocols in place and, and just safety measures. Uh, people are getting out there. They're viewing homes. And now there are more homes available for viewing online in a better capacity in that you can, for I would say at least 50% of the listings now will have some form of uh, virtual walkthrough, uh, whether it's iGuide or Matterport or, or what have you. Still a lot of shit photos out there, which I'm disappointed to see. Um, and still a lot of properties without floor plans, without 
virtual tours, uh, as in the 3D tours. Um, I mean, so that's, that's, age, that's how people are buying everything. And it, you know, whether sure. you're selling socks or a car or a house, uh, if people don't have enough material online to convince themselves that it's something they want, they will move on to the next thing, even if it was the perfect thing. Well, right down to the basics of selling on somewhere like eBay, if you go, or even on Amazon, if you go into their how-to guide of selling on their websites, the first thing that they say is have great quality photos of your product and lots of photos, and those are the listings that do do the best. And we're talking about, in that case, selling like a $10, $20, $50 item, not hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So, yeah. So that's disappointing, but you know... Now that we are getting that momentum of the market rolling, we are seeing people that are jumping on the homes that look good, that are priced right. And most of them are garnering a lot of interest in where there might be a multiple offer situation. We're even seeing homes now listed with an actual listing presentation date and time again, which is is really interesting uh, to me. So, you know, my, my, the, the thing I wanted to talk about the most is being prepared. We, we've talked about that and I mean, we, we preach that, right? Like being prepared is of the utmost, utmost importance right now in this market. And I would say it will be for, for quite some time. We might see a little bit of a slowdown during the peak of the summer, like maybe in, in the heat of July or August, people are vacationing in terms of yeah. going camping Although, and cottaging yeah, and all that. Local stuff, not a lot of local travel. Stuff. And even, even going to parks and just taking a break from, from, from their screens because everybody's been addicted to screens. Uh, yeah. with, you know, I mean, obviously. But at the same time, you're getting a lot more people now that are wanting pools because they, they can't travel and they don't Man, want to pool, travel. Pool homes are on fire. Yeah. Like if you've got a home with a pool and you've been thinking of selling, now now would certainly be the time to pull the trigger. I agree. Um, which is one of the examples I have on poor marketing. But um, if you are getting into a multiple offer situation, you absolutely must have your deposit ready to go. Okay. So uh, have a big deposit ready to go, at least 5% of the purchase price to uh, show that you've got stability and that you have serious interest. Um, and, and make sure you can literally run to the bank and get a bank draft at a moment's notice or to send a wire transfer, uh, what have you, um, make sure your mortgage is completely pre-approved in the sense that now, especially if you're putting less than 20% down, but no matter the down payment, um, I just was working a deal the other day where I absolutely thought my buyer was going to get approved. Um, good down payment, good job. But because of COVID and CERB and his spouse uh, taking some CERB benefits and his commission being variable, and even though there's been consistency over the last several years, that variable commission decreased during those three months. Right. And the bank saying, whoa, we're taking a bigger risk here now. Um, so even though he may have gotten that mortgage three, four months ago, the bank said, no, thank you right now. 
And um, so you got to yeah, cross they're, all of they're being very picky. I mean, even if they approve, I have it with somebody else that got approved a couple months ago and they had to push really hard to get approved this time around. Yeah. Um, the other part of this whole uh, holding uh, for offers on a certain day, or if you want to talk about multiple offers and this and that, and I know you're a big advocate of that, Adrian, is don't worry about what the house is actually listed for, okay? And and that goes actually right across the board, whether it's a multiple offer and, and um, holding offer situation, but specifically in, in the multiple offers and, and homes that are setting trying to set themselves up for bidding wars, anybody can ask whatever they want to ask for the house. It yeah. doesn't mean that's what it's worth or that's what it's going to sell for. So you really have to trust your realtor and trust that they know the market intimately. Like if you haven't engaged with somebody that knows the market that you want to buy in, and when I say knows the market, not just, oh, yeah, you know, Dairy Road is there and, and Holly Avenue is there. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Knowing what are the homes that have sold that are similar in the last few weeks? What are the homes that are on the market? How are they priced? Why do I feel the price is either adequate or low or high? There needs to be the rhyme and reason behind the price. And sometimes you'll lose out on a property because somebody else is willing to overpay and you might not. Sometimes it's worth overpaying because well, overpaying actually- is all in the perception of the buyer too, right? Like how much value do they see? There's no definitive way to value a property. It depends on who's doing wow. the valuation. A bank the definition will be different of- than you. The definition of market value is what somebody is willing to pay for the property. So if a home is listed for a million bucks and you value it at 950, but somebody else actually offers and pays a million fifty for it, and they may have overpaid in your eyes by a hundred or fifty thousand bucks, but now they've set the benchmark and said, This home is worth a million fifty because I'm willing to pay that. Um, and yeah. that's what happens, right? So uh, so you gotta do the proper uh, due diligence. Um, on that. Now, we've also talked in the past in those situations when you are getting into a bidding war, um, aside from having all of your ducks in a row, you got to have great paperwork. Yes, that's a huge one. I'm dealing with a number of leases right now, and it's just unbelievable at how poorly prepared things are. The, the, the paperwork needs to be submitted as such that the seller and the seller's realtor can look at the paperwork and say, this is a good offer and sign off on it without any changes. Because as soon as there is a mistake or an error or an inclusion that shouldn't be included or an exclusion that is missing or the wrong closing date or the wrong kind of deposit or something worded improperly, or even spelled improperly, or even if you forget to put the word feet or meters next to the size, the lot size of the property, that is an incomplete agreement of purchase and sale. And immediately it is now going to have to be sent back as essential, essentially a counteroffer 
And that's a very, very tough position to be in if you're a seller and, and the, um, and the in listing multiple game, offers in a multiple offer situation, because now you have to send back the offer that you're most interested in that has errors or changes that need to be made. But meanwhile, you have another offer that might be close. That's perfect that you can just sign off and say, we're done tonight. And not only that, it's uh, also, do you choose, right? Like, it's also, it instills a degree of uncertainty into the seller as to um, how competent the other realtor is, uh, whether they've done their due diligence. You know, if they can't get their paperwork right, do they even, you know, have they taken the necessary steps to make sure their clients actually approve financially? Have they, do they even know them or do they just meet them off the street? Like, who are they bringing through and are they qualified? Is this the right type of house? Are they going to get cold feet, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, whereas when everything's done properly, and we get it all the time, people, other realtors will come, will actually compliment us on um, the how how competent and we've been with getting all the paperwork done properly and going to the extent of properly listing inclusions and stuff like that. So uh, when you do things really well, it has the complete opposite effect and actually instills well, and- a sense of comfort. And it's, uh, I'll give you a quick example of a deal that I just firmed up on in Hamilton, a beautifully uh, reconstructed home, pretty much from the ground up. I saw it looks nice. And yeah, it's um, extremely well built. I mean, the attention to details in it for, for that price point, like we're talking 529.9 as the asking price. And the attention to details, the craftsmanship and the workmanship were, were pretty spot on. And um, our first walkthrough with the buyer, I said, okay, you like the house and this and that, just have a look around. And of course, we're doing it mask, gloves, booties, the whole bit. And so you, you don't want to spend a lot of time in, in the house because it's um, you, you've got a half an hour window. Uh, for showing, you've got the mask on, it's not comfortable, whatever it is, what it is, uh, but you still have your eyes and ears open. So I go around and I'm looking and I said to said to our client, I said, um, this is a nice house. It's well-constructed. It's well-built. I like what they've done. And as we're going through it, I'm looking in the laundry area. It didn't have a washer and dryer. Okay. So they put right. the other appliances in, but uh, no washer and dryer. And I'm looking and I say to, I say to my client, I say, um, Everything's here, except I don't see a dryer vent. I don't see any venting for the dryer. He says, yeah, that's a good point. I don't see it either. So the listing agent uh, followed up to see how the showing went. And I said, everything went well. It's a nice home. I think, uh, I think we're interested in bringing an offer to you. And I'll, maybe once he closes on the property, I'll talk about the strategy that we used to purchase this home. Uh, because we bought it at $55,000 below the original asking price. Yeah. And we're talking about a $500,000 house. That's a big, that's a 10% gap. Right. Um, so you talk about proper pricing, but anyway, so she says, uh, how did you like the house? I said, it's great. You know, well-constructed. We're going to bring you an offer. I said, but, um, do you know anything about, the laundry area and um, where where there might be some some venting for the dryer or why there isn't one. She goes, oh, I didn't notice that. 
let me find, let me talk to the seller. So the seller says to her, that has to be the smartest agent that has gone through the property because nobody, including you, noticed it. <laughs> and, I will, and I will do it before closing. I know it's on the list of to-dos and I will do it before closing. So I noticed that. Interestingly yeah. enough, I love our home inspectors that we use. They're all great. Uh, the home inspector didn't catch it either. And I didn't say anything because I already noticed it and put it as a condition in the offer to be completed before closing. That's funny. Uh, I haven't seen, actually, I'll, I, I won't say anything because I haven't seen the full report, but uh, nothing was mentioned to us during the home inspection. So, so things like that, right? I mean, when you're, when you're buying a home, certainly when you're getting into a, a bidding war, a multiple offer situation, uh, you need to be prepared. Yes, I agree. And, and don't be afraid of multiple offers. Like I'm working on an offer right now going back and forth. And um, we had submitted our offer about an hour after a previous offer had already expired. It wasn't our intention not to compete or anything. They just That's just how timing worked out. And uh, through the process of the negotiations I'm going through now, uh, which hopefully by the time this airs, we'll have a deal. Um, the other agent told me, oh, yeah, the other person is still interested, but they don't want to compete. And <laughs> you get that a lot. And that's when you say, thank you. <laughs> yeah. People say things they shouldn't all the time. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but that's very common. Like, oh, I don't want to compete. Like competing means you're going to all of a sudden overspend, which, you know, at the end of the day, you just put your best foot forward and, and make an educated decision on how much to pay for the house based on what it's actually worth, uh, according to quote unquote market value, what value you see in it and what value and what amount of money you can afford according to the bank. Um, so let, let me just tell you my favorite answer to that. Yes. When uh, one of my buyers would ever say to me, I, oh, it's in multiple offers. Oh, I'm not interested. I don't want to compete. So my answer to that is, let me just understand something, Mr. Buyer. You'd like to buy the home that nobody else wants. Exactly. You don't want to compete. So that means you want to buy the home that nobody else is interested in or one that's overpriced or needs a shit ton of renovations that you're not prepared to do yeah. or that smells like dogs puked in it over the last three years. Well, it's funny because based on that mindset, they will never ever buy a house because they're not or by the time to they be... have to buy it. By the time they have to make a, a decision or buy a house, Yes. Um, they're gonna you're gonna end up settling, right? Because now now that time yeah. has passed. And even through the ups and downs of 2017, 2018, 2019, now and now in 2020, in the last four seasons of uh spring and fall, which are the up the, the peaks and kind of the valleys in between of, of the high points of real estate transactions. Um yeah. in, the, in the last four years. I don't care what peak or what value you take, you are still coming out ahead in terms of market value on most prices in the GTA. So still 
you, you know, the, the sooner you, you jump in, the quicker. Let's shift focus now, okay? Because um, I, if anybody really wants to talk about multiple offers, have more in-depth questions, you know, call us, DM us, leave us a message. Um, on that note, if you are watching this podcast, please make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. You're going to get immediate notifications. Make sure the notifications box is checked off. Give this video a thumbs up. Please help us out. The more thumbs up we got, the more people are going to view this, the more content we're going to bring you, the more time we're going to spend with this. Let's, and, let's uh, give it a little, let's try to get 10, just 10, 10 on the 10, that's all. That's 10 thumbs up. 10 thumbs 10 up. 10 thumbs up. All right. If, if we get 10 likes on this video and just 10, that's it. 10. Come on. Hey. 10, 10 likes. I'm going to, I'm going to send out uh, an offer in the next podcast. If we get 10 likes on this podcast, this is episode 84 in 85, I'm going to do a giveaway of something special. So there you go. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but cause you're cheap and you don't want to spend money. How about that uh, hockey memorabilia um, sign thing on your wall there? I won't even give that to my children, let alone (laughs) one of our viewers. And uh, by the way, if you are following us, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. If you're not, go on to our Instagram page at Cormendi Trot and uh, make sure you follow. Lots of great content there and um, lots of um, uh, listings that we are working on right now that you probably want to have an eye on. Uh, if you're in the market to buy something. And even if you're just interested in knowing our processes of buying and selling, uh, we do, we're an open book. So we post everything on our social pages, uh, whether it's Facebook, Insta, YouTube, uh, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe. Okay. Now let's, let's, talk get in, about- let's get into these sneaky marketing tactics that are just, they make you me want- laugh and they make me angry. I can't is, stand them. Is this something about, pictures with the faucets running or those close-ups of ladies' shoes in no, the closet. So, no, no. I mean, the faucet, the faucet thing, whatever. If it, it, I mean, if it's a shitty faucet, it serves no purpose, but no value whatsoever. Maybe it is a nice faucet and deserves to be there. So I'm not going to talk people on that. you want to talk about the uh, – you had a great post on, uh, I think it was Insta Stories, where you showed a clip – <laughs> of somebody's backyard that had just a fucking ugly shed in it. Oh yeah. Description was beautiful backyard oasis. Yeah. <laughs> it was just grass and an ugly shed. It was, <laughs> was <laughs> People uh exaggerate too much. And it's I mean it's very amusing for us. So it provides us with some great material, but it's it 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 actually uh it hinders the sale. Because your people come with maybe higher expectations and then they're let down, which is, you want to have the complete opposite effect. You want people to come in with good expectations and be overwhelmed with a uh, positive experience. So, of course. Uh, but there's there's been a number of things lately. Not so much, uh, although the shoe thing, if anybody out there knows what the shoe thing is, I have no idea. I don't know if it's a thing or if it's just, I don't know if it was one particular realtor that was doing it, but there was one picture in a couple of listings. That I saw where it was a nice pair of designer shoes in a handbag on a per on a couch. That was the focal point. Everything else uh, blurred out. Anyways, weird. Um, but no. So a few things recently. One, uh, we've listed a house recently, and uh, for that property, in doing evaluation, determining the value of it, I used a comparable sale down the street, 
that particular home was on the market. There was, it was listed twice. Uh, I think it was like a total of roughly three months it was on the market. Uh, over those three months, they did two price reductions. In the end, they sold for, uh, I think, $3,000 more than the uh, li- listed price at that time, which was a significant reduction from the original price. And they put a sold over asking sign on their uh, yard sign. Like, come on, people. You sold over your reduced asking price. That's the most ridiculous that's, thing. That's you know, and and we are very good about the truth. Like yes. when when I, so as you know, and and some people might know, uh, I keep track of all of our listings quite closely in terms of how many days they were on the market, um, and what the list to sale price ratio was from what we listed it at to what it sold. And even if we do a price reduction, that percentage that I use when I compute all the numbers is the original price that we marketed the property at. Which, might I add, is not always the number that we recommend. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes homeowners insist on listing higher and you know, our job is to educate them on the accurate price, the right price to list for, but you know, it's their decision. And sometimes they list higher and later on they realize they were incorrect and we do price reductions. We still based our numbers on that higher price, even though it wasn't our suggested price. Correct. And um, I mean, there is a limitation because oftentimes if we have somebody that uh, doesn't want to sell within a reasonable price, uh, we decline the the listing because we can't we can't yeah. sell it if it's uh, unreasonable. No. Um, but you're right, and and we haven't done a lot of price reductions over the last ten years that we've been in business. Um, maybe a dozen homes had price reductions. Like, no, but at the end of the day, we would never advertise sold over asking if it was if it was. Uh, if it was not true, like, and, and I guarantee true. you, I guarantee you, then the the statistic that that particular realtor is likely going to use is not only sold over asking, but in their numbers saying, "Oh, my my list to sale price ratio is a hundred point one percent." Well, yeah. no, it's not Dick Face because you listed that home for it's actually eighty five, eighty five percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In my French. Well, I'm not surprised um, that this. I, I had done a business a deal with this particular agent before. I was representing the buyer, and we did very well because he didn't negotiate uh, exceptionally well. So it didn't surprise me. Another one. Um, I've seen actually. Uh, Steve Ruman on our team chimed in when I mentioned this one recently. Is that uh, same thing though? Sold over asking, but different scenario. In this case, uh, when Steve was looking at it, there was a house, let's say it was listed for $799,999. They sold for $800. Literally $1 more, same thing. Sold over asking, uh, which is not a lie in that particular case. But the premise of the marketing tactic is that you're trying to convey that you did something exceptional, which you did not. Right? So stop trying in to... In fact, in that scenario, not only... Shame on you for marketing that seven ninety nine 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 and selling for eight hundred and now saying you sold over asking. 
that's that's a no-no. Okay, the public doesn't like that. Okay, don't yeah. give us your fluff. Yeah. But you also made a strategic error because nobody's going to look at seven ninety nine nine ninety nine and say, "Oh, this is very well." Priced in the seven hundreds. No, they're going to say it's eight hundred thousand. Now, the strategic error you make when you do that is if you had priced it at eight hundred thousand dollars, even now, even not seven ninety nine. Don't don't give me this fucking Walmart tactic of dollar forty seven is going to attract more people to buy your pencils. No, at eight hundred thousand, even it's what we call double bracketing. Because on Realtor.ca and on most real estate websites that you will search for properties for sale, they're going to give you increments to search. And on Realtor.ca, which is the number one real estate searched website and app in Canada, it goes in $50,000 increments. In that so price, price range. In that price range. So at seven ninety nine nine ninety nine. Only the people searching from 750 to 800 are going to see that property. If you price it at 800,000, even now somebody searching from 750 to 800 is going to see it, and somebody searching from 800 to 850 is going to see it. And at that price point, it is very crucial that you capture that entire audience. Agreed. And, and there are people that have budgets, right? They're going to say, oh, we're not going to go over $800,000. And I don't even want to look in that price point because I might be intrigued to, um, to buy something that I don't want to overspend on. So you miss them completely. And for realtors that do set up auto emails for new listings or listing alerts, or you can sign up to a bunch of these different websites to send you listings in certain price points. If you haven't signed up for that 800 to 850 range or, yeah. or that 750 to, to 800, you might, you might miss that property completely. So, yeah, um, well, auto, that's a whole nother discussion because I'm completely against setting up auto emails for 99% of the cases. There's the odd time it's okay, but most of the time it's just being lazy. Yeah. I mean, the debate is, um, it's twofold because some, some, I agree, it's lazy. If, if, if you're a realtor and all you're doing is setting your clients up or potential buyers up or even sellers uh, that just want to be kept in the loop on the market, if all you're doing is setting them up on the auto emails, you're likely sending them a bunch of stuff that they're not going to be interested in. And they're probably actually going to start avoiding your emails or not reading them or not opening them. Yeah. And they're uh, missing those, things those, that would maybe of interest. Yeah. Um, but then the other side is if somebody is interested in purchasing a home next summer and just wants to get a better understanding of a certain area. So as an example, we've got a property in Carlisle, uh, an estate style home. There's a lot of people that would love to move to Carlisle. They're just not ready to do it yet. And maybe they don't understand the types of properties or, you know, what is actually in that market and what is it priced at. You might send, set them up on just a generic one and say, hey, I'll keep a closer eye on it. But in the meanwhile, here's, here's all the new listings. I know you're a big advocate of 
as a realtor, setting yourself up on those auto emails because we can't be at our desk 24-7 keep hitting refresh to see what new listings come out. I'll set myself up on a very broad search and then I will spend the time to filter through to see if there's anything in there and then I'll send those uh, on their own. And then a great reason for this I ran into recently, we're uh, trying to do evaluation for a property in Oakville and I was pulling up all the comparables in the neighborhood and I saw one, I'm like, that street's not in that neighborhood. It was on the other side of town. And uh, so that, you know, especially in Oakville, it completely changes the value. And this was a listing by an extremely reputable um, team. I won't go beyond that. But, um, you know, so, you know, these searches are being done and the uh, effectiveness, effectiveness of them is based around the, how well, humans have typed in their information and a lot of people are missing things, making mistakes, selecting the wrong option. I can't remember if it was episode 83 or 82, but one of the recent episodes of KT Confidential, we talked about the auto emails and and I brought up a point where if you're searching for a four bedroom home, Mm -hmm. yes, but, but a home might have three bedrooms and a loft as an example that could be converted if the listing itself says three bedroom you might miss the fact that it actually has a space upstairs that would be a fourth bedroom or could be used as a fourth bedroom so things can go missed in those um uh in those listings when they're uh, the way they're inputted into the system yes now I want to talk about an example of a property that I helped one of my clients. You know this story. Uh, I won't give intimate specifics because the the transaction hasn't closed yet. But I want to say this home that we helped them purchase was right up there. And the if it was currently on the market right now in the middle of June, I would say probably the top 10 homes available um, in the Milton market. Agreed. One of the best streets in town. Agreed. Quiet, quiet, mature, big trees, wide lots, people that don't move very often. So you've got great stability on the street. There's, There's nobody buying there to flip the house and, Nobody buying to rent it out. Nobody buying for speculation. I mean, this is stability at its finest. The home was super well-maintained. I mean, really, really great curb appeal. Beautiful house. In-ground, saltwater, heated pool, installed in 2017. No mention of it being only a couple of years old, no mention of it being a saltwater pool, no mention of it being heated, no mention of the irrigation system and the rain sensors that uh, will determine whether the the lawn is getting watered or not. Um, I mean, a shit ton of features and benefits in the house that there was absolutely no mention in, in the listing. We paid under what, I believe is market value for it. What everybody else probably believes will be market value for it. And I believe that they probably could have got 
more money, more offers, and more attention if the proper marketing was done for that property. 100%. Like, attention sellers, you spend all this money on these nice features, you have to showcase them. If you don't showcase them, you're losing all that money. What's going to happen is someone's going to buy your house and then move in and say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize this By the way, had- was my rant on the ethical side because I didn't mention any street good. names? You're yeah, good. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I think because so. I mean, the, I know the, the house, so it's kind the, of the, the, hard the last to say. time I went into this rant, we got in shit and had to take an ethics course. Well, I I know that I know the course by the like the back of my hand, so I can breeze hey, through it this time. This is stuff public wants to know. This is the stuff people want to know. They want to yes. know the behind the scenes, the 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 stuff that and. No, I, uh, you know. Well, the reason uh, this conversation came up the other day was we were talking to the team uh, because in our brochures, we list absolutely every feature right down to model names, brands, uh, unique features and appliances. I guess there's an automatic ice maker in the freezer that's not noticeable. We'll put that in. So people know they're getting it because we don't want people moving in, buying our properties, moving in and then saying, oh, I didn't know it came with this. This is awesome. I, I just got uh, 739 Asselton Boulevard on the market and prepared um, all of the in-home marketing. And of course, you have a big part in that. Um, but little things such as uh, natural gas line to the barbecue. Mm-hmm. Okay, A lot of people don't even think about that when they're listing their home or the agent might not even think about it. But I can guarantee you the sellers are asking. Well, something, you know, one, uh, there's so many things. That, uh, built-in speakers, um, central humidifiers. Nobody ever mentioned central humidifiers. Um, there's so many things that get missed. And they add value to the house. But if you don't talk well, about this, it... This particular home on Asselton, um, I really had to go through it with a fine tooth comb to make sure I didn't miss some things like the, the tiles upstairs. I can't remember off the top of my head, but in the bathroom, 12 by 24 inch tiles. Like you want to mention that that's an expensive tile. Um, the, the fridge. Okay. No water, no ice dispenser, but it's counter depth, right? It's not one of those fridges that are sticking out an extra eight inches and eating half of your kitchen space. Right. Um, you know, uh, so so you think about those kind of things. Um, there was a property that I showed not long ago that had heated floors, and um, no mention of the heated floors. The only way I I recognized that was because I saw the thermostat in in the bathroom. Um, you know, so you you really have to do if if you're a realtor and you're listening right now or watching. I know a lot of realtors follow us. Please, you do your your own clients uh, the justice. Do my clients and myself justice by by selling us and convincing us that we need to pay more. That that wow, this home is great. It has this, this, and this, and this. And here's the benefit for you. Um, well, the problem in our industry, and I've talked about this before, is that there's lots of from a realtor perspective. There's lots of training to educate real estate agents on how to earn business and how to sell themselves, but zero on how to properly represent people and how to sell their product, their house. Well, I, I think the, um, 
I think the process of getting your license is getting much, much better. But yeah. what, what you're being taught in those courses is, you know, very much the by the book stuff and the stuff that, um, you know, m- might cover legalities and, and processes within the uh, and different ethics yeah. and the difference between um, or, or, or the intricacies of um, what you need to do to satisfy your license and your regulations and the rules and all that. But they don't train on really, there's no training in the process of getting your license. And even a lot of brokerages won't have the proper training to be able to market or to teach you how to properly market a listing or to teach you, you know, how to stage or how to get a floor plan or why those are needed. And there is no, uh, there is no systematic approach. And I think as we grow and as we start looking at a brokerage model for ourselves, uh, that's one thing that we've talked about for, for a number of years recently is we want to have that consistent approach with anybody on our team. So, the end user, the customer is getting the full package all the time without hesitation, right across the board. You don't have to second guess it. Yeah. And uh, that's, I, I think somebody needs to do a better job. I don't know who that is, the Canadian Real Estate Association or, you know, in Ontario, the Ontario Real Estate Association or all get together together and deliver consistency um, right across the board. Even It'll never happen. It won't. It won't. And, and, well, it and won't. one of the, the but, reasons but, but is... It, it, it's almost impossible to, to mandate and to govern, but... Um, yeah, I mean, but, they... But yeah. Can and we t- do time... something as simple as making 25 photos of a property mandatory? Right. Is that that fucking hard? Like, how many listings right now have no photos, one photo, five photos... And I don't even care if they're shit photos. Just get at least 25 photos of the house. I love when you on see... Listing, on the MLS. You, if you recently, list your home on the MLS, put 25 photos there. If not, you can't list it on the MLS. Is that that fucking complicated? Recently renovated, beautiful basement. No photos of it. <laughs> I see that yeah. all the time. Or, or photos that follow three days later and you've missed yeah. your prime marketing opportunity, which was when that... That email yeah, get your shit together and have it all ready to go the moment it hits the market. Otherwise, wait. Don't list it. And then these are the uh, homes and the properties that are saying, "Oh, offers to be accepted next Monday." Yeah, more, and, more, more, more marketing, yeah. more photos to yeah. come. Especially during COVID, like how would somebody ever list something right now and not have a ton of photos, a good video, some good social marketing? a floor plan, a 3D walkthrough, like there's still a ton of people that don't want to go and see a house unless they've seen it online and are actually interested in it. Yeah. Like right now, I wouldn't go and see a house if there was no photos or I don't care how nice it is. I'll miss it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Lots of people like that. Missed opportunity. I'm on a, I'm on a tangent today. 
maybe we should end on that note so you could take that energy and go do something productive. Well, listen, um, not implying we, you don't normally. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. Hey, I just I just firmed up on that deal in Hamilton. I'm quite uh, quite happy for our client. That that specific client that has nice. four or five transactions with us. Yeah, and um, he's actually someone that is considering to join our our team. Another client that wants to join our team. Uh, we have two other clients that are currently taking their courses and want to join the team either later this year or early next year. Um, but anyways, um, you know, I, I, I just want to give a shout out to you and the rest of the team because in the last seven to 10 days, we went from basically zero to 200. Right. And not, I, I don't want to say zero because we were all doing work and we still did some deals between March and June. This, the basically 90 days that we shut things down for more or less. Right. We were being yeah. super cautious and um, shut our office down. And in the last couple of weeks, we have gone full out, full tilt, and our listings have looked phenomenal. This, from the staging to the to the marketing to the social media ads, uh, photos, video, the the Matterport tours. I mean, it's all been spot on, and everybody on the team is taking that extra effort of of pushing it out on social media and giving lots of exposure. Our phones are ringing like crazy. We're getting a ton of people interested in selling and buying and. And so round of applause to everybody on the team because right now everybody is taking extra efforts for things like the PPE and safety. Like there's so much that's involved right now. And when we're busy, I mean, it means we're working from 6 a.m. till midnight most days, seven days a week right now. Even though we're not doing open houses, we're doing virtual open houses. We're doing a lot more social stuff. And uh, that all requires time and attention. And um, so kudos to everybody on the team. Um, if you are watching or listening, hey, give a shout out to, to everybody on the team. Uh, go on to Instagram, give them a follow too. Uh, we can put some links uh, out there for you guys. And if you want to know what's coming down the pipe, make sure you follow us on Instagram because we will post coming soon sneak peeks whether Always. they're little videos or photos or whatever um so you'll know what's coming down the pipe lots of good stuff happening the sun is shining not as many clouds out there right now less pollution so get out there it. enjoy it's the nice weather. to get outdoors yeah sell some real well, estate you and you and i just kind of booked our uh one week vacation uh in july which is which is our typical weeks yeah. You go on the third week of July. I go the last week of July to the first week of August. And we booked them. We're going up north. We're going to enjoy it. Oh, uh, I just found out we have internet and cable now up there. Wow. Moving yeah. on up. Yeah. Moving on up. Yeah. I don't know why why cable would be necessary because... They did it, they did it for the kids. Or yeah, actually, you get Netflix. The kids, yeah, that's true. I'll have to ask them why they did that. 
Yeah, or Disney Plus. Get Netflix and Disney Plus, and you're still cheaper than the cable up there. Yeah, I'll have but, a chat with them better. Anyways, I'm looking forward to it. That's episode it 84. If you've, made it it, if you've made it this far, I don't know. I'll find Bell out. Bell Internet? Just answer oh. me. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh I'll find okay. out. I'll I'm, find I'm out. just curious. curious. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> episode 84. Episode 84. If you made it this far, give us one more like. We're just looking for 10. That's it. Thumbs up. Tune in next week. Joe. See you, buddy.